Hey, good morning and a happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. I know things are changing. Okay, I drew, I drew everything on my scale. Okay, I wore pants today. I probably should have worn them yesterday because I got wet <laughs> on my legs wearing shorts. But it is, uh, boy, the weather changed quickly. It's fall. It's how Chicago weather works. It, we don't ease into it. It just we changed overnight. Yep. Yeah, just fall. changed overnight. You went yeah. from shorts and t-shirt to, oh my goodness, we need to bundle up. And the next one will be, it'll just snow. Yeah. And then it'll just snow. But Saturday, that could be next week. Up, Saturday, you'll wake up. Yeah, yeah. Get ready to shovel your front yard. Exactly. Oh, people are like, stop with that. That's horrible. Um, question. When you were in school, did you have a police officer at your school? We'll just stick with high school. I don't think police officers are in like third grade, uh, you know, elementary schools. Did you have a police officer I like so. assigned your school? You did. I went to a Chicago public school for okay. two years. So, all right. I, assigned to our school. I'm not sure he was there, but I, uh-huh. I saw him around. Did um, you know his name? Officer Friendly. Officer Friendly. Ah. Okay. Um, I did not. And it, you know, I think he was just assigned to the school, but they weren't there on the, uh, as far as I could see. He'd like make a pass campus. through and then go to another, maybe, maybe yeah. another one or something. Although yeah. I never got in trouble, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I went to a tiny little school in, in, in Lake, Tahoe. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. We had 200 kids at the whole school, so we had no cops. You know, nothing. No. I think a janitor was like, you know, the security guard. I went to a large high school okay. in Tucson, Santa Rita, go Eagles. And I mean, I had 400 kids in my graduating class, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, I went to uh, Chicago Public High School. It was thousands yeah. of because then I moved to the suburbs, and then I had maybe four hundred kids yeah. in the school. So um, the only time I remember seeing a police officer on campus was career day. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. They, they used to like set it up in the uh, in the cafeteria, and we would go. We would learn about potential jobs. In law enforcement and other, uh, there were other industries and things there. Okay, career day. Oh, the times they are changing. Oh, yeah, right. And we know that there has been a bit of a debate about whether or not, or how many police officers should be in Chicago public schools because they kind of left it up to the individual schools. And depending on the school, some chose yes, please. Others said no, thank you. Yeah, about half. Um, there are still uniformed officers in about half the high schools. High school, there are about 150 right. high schools. Um, but uh, I th- something like only a handful voted to remove all officers. So I think they're just they're coming up with their own plans. Maybe, like I said, they have an officer who checks in, not necessarily on campus the whole time. They have other programs in effect for the emotional and physical and safety of their students. Well, they're coming up with. Their- there but- is a cost to it. Yeah, and well, they've given them. Uh, if you didn't have want to have an officer in your school, then part of this contract is you do get some money for these other programs. For whatever, however you determine yeah. security at your school. Right. Can I point something out? And and again, what how I don't know how cities run. All right. Do you think it's odd that Chicago Public Schools has to write a check to the Chicago Police Department for police officers? Those are two city agents. Don't you guys know each other? Don't you have the same boss? Aren't your paychecks basically coming from the same bank? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you guys all work for the city of Chicago. Why are, why are the schools paying the cops? Like, I don't, 
Like, I think there's... Instead an, of putting a cop on Michigan Avenue, put it at... Who's paying for that? High School, yeah, exactly. Is Saks Fifth yeah. Avenue paying for that? Like, yeah. who's paying for... Like, why would this... Does, well, the streets and sanitation. Resources. You just said you guys grew up with no cops in your None. schools. They're not usually supposed to be in the schools, right? So, it right, was, but if you determine that they're supposed to be in the schools, why? I mean, I'm just saying. I, I didn't think schools had a ton of money to begin with. I'm told. Should they also then be paying another city agency? <laughs> you know, uh, do they have to? Do they have to pay streets and sand to uh, uh, scrape out the parking lot? Like I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is that normal in a city where you just have to pay the other city who owns services? The, um, uh, yeah. Welcome to Chicago. It's like you know the park district is separate. You could say that. I guess. Why are we? It always amazes me, and then I realize. Oh wait, the park district is like a separate entity. Yeah, but separate the police budget. and schools are city of Chicago. Mm. I don't quite get it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that is how it is. They do pay separately. Yeah. Well, I, I believe am, just I, like they pay uh, probably for, uh, yeah, the CTA probably pays for officers on its buses and platforms and transportation. They have their own police department. I mean, I don't think that's that don't unusual, they, right? Don't they have uh, transit police? Are they real police officers? Or the yes, transit? Are I they? think okay. they're real police officers. They carry guns okay. and everything. Okay. Yeah. But they, but that's their own I think they're, yeah, I think police they're department, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the argument would be that the schools, CPA, Chicago, uh, Chicago Police, police. Department, Chicago Public Schools, should have their own police department. Do you see what I'm saying? That would be the that would be the comparable thing as opposed to paying. Okay, that is exactly what they don't want. That's what they've been fighting right. again. They don't even want those officers in the school. In many of those. Now schools. that I think about it, I um I was supposed to go to Roberto Clemente when I was supposed to go to high school, which was never going to happen. The and name of the they, school, not the baseball player. It, it's renamed after him, of course. It used to be Thule. So Roberto Clemente. So Clemente High School, uh-huh. that neighborhood was so bad back then. Humble Park. They had metal detectors in the 70s. Yeah, I'm, I never had a so, school with metal detectors. I'm just to give you an idea of why this occurred with police officers at schools. Yeah, it was, and a lot of it was gang activity, of course. So it just, our schools are much safer. I'm just trying to point out right now. And which is why I think these, Critics of the police and schools are saying, hey, we need a more holistic approach. We don't need the cops there sending the wrong message and maybe aggravating situations. Well, I can acknowledge and understand that there's a need for safety and security. Sure. Full stop. Period. Yeah, I get it. No problemo. But the flip side is a Chicago police officer is going to treat things as crimes, Uh, you know. That the things that we did in high school, they got us sent to the vice principal, and you got the uh, detention. Yeah. D- do you ever have dictionary? I had to copy the word. I had to copy the dictionary. In high school, I got up to the L's. Anyway, the point <laughs> is that you, uh, those today, you get handcuffs and 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 you get a a record. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like I can understand that side too, where it's like. Well, aren't you kind of sending people down the wrong path at a very early age? Teenagers who might make mistakes, who might get into a, a fight on the playground. Right. I mean, if you have a fight in be. a school that doesn't have a cop, you know, the teachers break it up, right? And you might get a detention. Get, get detention. You or you're going to call school, your parents. Right. You have a fight in a school with cops. Right. You, could have, you can get a criminal record. People yeah. are getting maced yeah. and tased. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, dragged off in a cop car. These days are different from when. What's when different we in school? fights? These people, we had knockdown, drag out fights at my high school. Really? Absolutely. See, I, didn't have no. I mean, my also son based shows on me race, videos. by the way. <laughs> yeah, they sh- he shows me videos. They used to come home at least two or three times a week. 
And look what happened at school today. And these kids are going at it. Yeah, yeah I mean, and some you know? of them are armed. Knives, yeah. even guns. I mean, they don't have metal well, detectors in most schools. I mean, again, right. I treat yeah. that as a crime. Yeah, exactly. I get it. But I can also understand that if a police officer standing there and you strike somebody else, it's assault and battery. You've committed a crime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they have to treat it as such. That's what they do. It's like, you know, when you're a... A hammer, every problem looks like a nail. <laughs> you know, it's whack. Go ahead and give that thing a, a, a smack. So I can see where, especially in some communities, they don't, we know that there's a problem right now with them even cooperating with police when their friends or family are shot outside of their house, for God's sakes. There is a level of distrust. Does it help to put police officers in school? Or does this, the police officer treating high school kids as felons further divide that you, you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i admit that i'm i'm not 100 percent sure which way it goes i can certainly see both sides of that argument and it's it's good that they're deciding school by school instead of making a blanket program for everyone that it's not a fit for everyone so schools this is why they've decided if they want uniformed officers or if they want a different approach yeah rob in evergreen park what's your question oh uh, yeah it's probably just what you just said but you know a lot of people that are making these decisions Never ask the teachers in those mm. those schools saying, mm. "Do you want police officers?" Yeah. It's like, yes, we want them. We do not. And I think the union came down to it like they didn't give up that concession, right? Because it's so important because of their existence, getting in their car, getting driving away from school. their safety and not security. Even so much the school itself, but just they want it for teachers, for teachers. basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I can I can understand that to a certain point. Again, yeah. I get it. But you have to understand from the kid's perspective, did we solve a problem of a kid who fought on the playground at lunchtime by giving him a criminal record when he's 16 years old? Did, yeah. did, that, did that solve a problem or did you create a new one? Yeah. Detention and dictionary solved a lot of problems for me, by the way. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> mm. you know, I don't the weather- think I ever had detention. It doesn't surprise me. Goody, goody. The, uh <laughs> I was the weather smart. obviously has changed a touch, right? And today, I mean, it's almost like Mother Nature knew. It's the first day of fall. Are leaves literally going to fall off trees today? Is that, I think that's what's going to happen. I think there's a good chance of it. It feels fall. like it did. So I, uh, uh, let's see, Sunday, I'm at the Bears game. I get sunburned. Okay. Sweating. Like, like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Okay. It was hot. I was drenched. I was red in the face, sucking down water, right? I got a hoodie on today. I was I, I yesterday the wind was blowing. It was so I had, I was like, whew, I gotta I gotta bundle up to go outside. It's like a 30 degree drop it literally yeah. is right uh, just so you know it'll be near 80 again next week oh for the love of god yeah i'm gonna get like because double we have something, yeah we have something else here called indian summer we all hope for indian summer yeah so this is all cool. new to me quite honestly i have lived uh previously to here in places that didn't have oh, what are these things called seasons yeah yeah don't don't understand how that works uh in arizona we have hot and hotter uh, are the two. I lived in San Diego where it's 72 and sunny year round. Oh. It's like living in a mall. Oh. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the weather never changes. I have no idea how anybody gets paid to do the weather in San Diego. <laughs> Does it ever rain? Oh, hardly. Bruce, hmm. have you ever heard Lewis Black's bit on doing the weather? 
in no, San sir. Diego? No, sir. He says, that's the greatest job on the face of the planet. You're making six figures. You're on for 30 seconds. So, Lou, what's the weather like in San Diego? It's going to be nice. Back to you, Bruce. (laughs) Here's the weather in San Diego. Remember yesterday? It's going to be like that. I mean, it is stunning. Okay, so this whole, like, literally seasons changing Mm -hmm. is a bit new for us. It's been since I was a kid, you know, being in Washington, D.C., before I've seen this like this. So we are, is it officially? Officially, yes. Today. It is autumn. As my son, who just moved back, by the way, from Georgia, and then he was in California before that, um, so he's been gone for a couple of years, and he is he is ecstatic. Yeah, Why he was is out he on the porch yesterday. Oh, because oh, it was cooler. It's so cool. It, well, because it's as he calls it autumn. First of all, I, I, we, I'm like, you mean fall? It's like, well, no one says it. I said, everyone says fall. No one says autumn. Okay, so autumn and fall are the same thing. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna make another. But of that. he's so looking forward to the seat to the snow. You is know? it just because of pumpkin spice? Is that no, the reason? It's because he hasn't seen it in a while. So he's all, you know, like you, he was, he's been living in a warm climate yeah. for the past, always warm. It is kind of neat. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Really? We here in Chicago, we dream of living in your climate. Really? Yes. Hot and hotter? I, as Conlon is looking forward to the snow, I'm dreading it. Yeah. It's mm. like, ugh. <laughs> it is, listen, it is, it is a change in lifestyle. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. It is a tremendous change. And you those, just, and those of you who have lived other places certainly know how how drastic the weather changes can be here and in other places it, it just doesn't have it doesn't have the feel of such a big swing mm-hmm. i guess you I, I might call it again I, you don't think about it i we went think from sunburn to hoodie in yeah two oh, yeah. days yeah. i'm like whoa i mean weather is a big part of our lives in the chicago area what's a harvest moon it's a really big beautiful moon that's just when it does that mean we're closer to it? Are we and like a it's mile time away? Time to harvest the corn. Yes, I do know harvest time. Or the it's wheat August or and September. The peas. I'm not time. sure where we are in that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're all. The, the good news, I think, for a lot of folks is the holidays are a good time for them. This is a tip off to them, and something kind of cool I thought as well is last year. I say we, you know. Illinois, Chicago, we missed out on a lot of holiday traditions because of the pando. Things were canceled, for yeah. goodness sakes. It, I don't think it felt like real Christmas, as an example. Mm-mm. I mean, there aren't enough lights you can string up to make up for the fact that maybe there wasn't a tree lighting. Or you couldn't go skating, uh, you know, in, in, in Millennium Park. You know, that there were, there were these things that bring a community together. Oh, fingers crossed. I Listen, I hope we're going to do them this year. But again, I refuse to predict what December is going to look like. Yeah. I so just far, have no, so good. So far, so good. Yeah, yeah, that we are getting closer and closer to kind of a, a return to some normalcy as we get into uh, autumn. But we hear about, the, sh- we hear about the shortages. So oh, I think while last year was maybe we took it easy, this year might be more frantic for... Trying to get presents and food, I guess, but and sh- and mailing things. Remember last oh, year yeah. when everything was shipping. It was a year ago. It was a, the big thing was if you mailed something, it might take six weeks to get there. <laughs> Remember, he was like, yeah. "What do you mean? I was I was sending it to Wisconsin for God's sake." So <laughs> I, you know, I could have walked it there by now. That they they those people out there doing those things they uh, are saying, "Oh yeah, 
you might want to start sending your Christmas presents soon. That we're yeah. going to run into this thing again. Let me just give you a tip. I've, oh. I ordered an electric scooter in June. Oh, we're from all Amazon. Aware the, we're yeah. all aware of your electric scooter. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I check it every day. I've reordered it. This is the second time I've reordered second it. I just checked. Either. It hasn't shipped yet. No. Where they is it? They said they had 18 in stock. 18 of them. I don't know where it is, but if I knew where it was, I've already told Amazon, tell me, I will go pick it up. You'll go to the warehouse. Oh, God, yeah. Tell me what aisle it's in. I'll go pick it up myself. Yeah. Ridiculous. Get so, those all I mean, weather radials. Yeah, exactly. I mean, by the time he gets it, yeah, it'll be winter. So, yeah, enjoy. So you better start shopping now. Not to mention, remember, Uh we've been doing Uh stories on what's your holiday going to look like? Are you going to exclude your friends who are unvaccinated? Listen, all I need is an excuse to exclude more people from that. (laughs) Okay, so I have another question of something that uh, you guys uh, think is normal and is weird to me. So when do we... When do we change clocks? When they tell us to. Okay. Yeah, it changed. October. It's October? Is it? When the clock changes? Oh, well, maybe it is. Do you yeah, know? it's usually October. Do you know Arizona November doesn't, 7th doesn't do that? They don't do that November, in Arizona, yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. We, November? November 7th. I didn't even know yeah. how to change the clocks. I didn't. <laughs> well, it's easy. Here, this is why you don't say autumn. It's fall back, Okay. spring ahead. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Fall back, change your clocks. You Move go back one hour, hour back. Spring ahead, you change it uh, one hour ahead, and you get up at two Very in the morning confusing. to do this. In you case have to do it at two in the morning. Yes. So that's set the, your that's alarm. the requirement. <laughs> Got to do it at two in the morning. Okay, I will set my alarm thusly for sometime in November that I can do that. Still time for our criminal of the day. I think I got a good one today. Ready? Okay. I give a shout out to Timothy Wolf, a Florida man, uh, uh, who wasn't satisfied with his new car. He just wanted to return it to the dealership, okay? <laughs> well, allegedly, Timothy showed up at Lake City Chrysler Dodge Jeep and wanted to trade in his car on a brand new ride. No problemo, said the salesperson, as they ran the VIN number to appraise Mr. Wolf's car. It was then they realized why that car looked so familiar. It had been stolen from their lot just three days ago. <laughs> That's right. Timothy stole a car, drove it around for a few days, and thought it was a good idea to return it to the same dealership and trade it in on the car he really wanted. As Wolf waited in the showroom while the salesperson, quote, <coughs> talked to his manager, the police were called and the jig was up. Ah. Besides being in possession of the stolen car, a surveillance video showed a man bearing a striking resemblance to Wolf stealing the car, and when confronted, he admitted it was him, Confirming what everyone already knew. Timothy was charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle, dealing in stolen property, criminal mischief, and pettit theft, which I had to Google is a real thing. So for returning for returning to the scene of the crime with the thing you <laughs> stole, you, Timothy Wolf, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Though in Timothy's case, <laughs> I wish you the best of luck with your defense, young man. No matter how dumb you are, Unreal. you mean. Unreal. We're going to jump right into the 6 o'clock hour, take a look at the big stories people are talking about, and geez, will kick us off. Well, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says that Kermit the Frog is wrong. What? It is easy being green and that the world needs to just grow up and deal with climate change. Look for the answer. And he looks exactly like... Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Spitting image. <laughs> Spitting. Oh, gosh. Spot on. I'm not going to be able to get that image out of my head. You can't, you can't Judy? Get that out of well, the Gabby Petito case is sparking interest in other unsolved missing persons cases, including that of an ISU grad student. Jelani Day disappeared almost a month ago. Bloomington police 
asking for the public's help. All right. So in the uh, Justin Fields pool, who had three games? Who had three? Who had three? Anyone? I anyone? had two. Dang you had it. two. I took the over. Yeah, I think that means I win. Justin Fields is your starting quarterback uh, for the Bears mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, Andy Dalton. No, seriously, I'm fine. Get back in the hole. <laughs> Get back in the hole. Uh... Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Uh, you know, uh, Judy was just mentioning the, the Gabby Petito case, how it has certainly captured the imagination or the attention of a lot of people. Uh, we have some facts of the case. Others, we still don't know. Uh, joining us right now is ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett. Brad, good morning to you. Good morning. Appreciate you spending time with us today. Now that uh, we know that uh, Gabby's remains have been identified, uh, the coroner has uh, said it was a homicide. It wasn't an accidental uh, death in any way, shape, or form. Um, the search still continues, and, and we're, we're picking up, I guess you'd say, a little bit more clues here and there. Yeah, I would say certainly some suspicious slash maybe circumstantial clues, but... You know, the problem with this case, Bruce, is that, you know, do most of us believe that uh, Brian had something to do with her death? And the answer, I think, is yes. But proving that's another story, at least what those of us in the public know. In other words, can they link Brian to the location where Gabby was found? And, and, And more importantly, can they actually link him to her death? Um, you know, I haven't seen that kind of evidence. Now, you have that couple that supposedly picked him up in or around Grand Teton National Park, and he was alone. And they gave him a ride, and he said his girlfriend's with the van, and she's working on social media. Sort of a lame story, but so what if it's a lame story? If you don't have anything to discount it, it is kind of what it is. So right. the, the police are, you know, are, are stuck but I think, you know, trying to tremendously dig, 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 which is going to require, can they find people in or around the park uh, where they apparently were staying or at least hiking? And uh, uh, Brian Laundry, what's his uh, deal today? Still missing? Well, still missing. Supposedly, uh, I guess over a week ago now, he uh, walked into, supposedly... Well, let's put it this way. His car was found at a huge preserve that's like 25,000 acres, which, according to law enforcement, 75% of it's underwater. It's full of alligators, snakes, and everything that goes with those two. Good grief. Yeah, so I don't, you know, did he go there to, in his life, did he go there to, as a decoy, or did he not go in there at all? It, we did, you know, his car's there, but so what? That doesn't say that he walked in there, unless they have a witness, of course. Is the FBI on this case? Oh, yeah. They've been on it since fairly early on, not obviously back to the very first of August. But shortly after, it was clear Brian came home in her vehicle, didn't report her missing, and more importantly, didn't talk or refused to talk to the police. There is a, a period of time, typically, with the FBI work under a presumption of you've got plenty of interstate movement and a presumption of foul play. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we now do have foul play of some sort. Uh, so that's why they're in the game and 
you know, it's good to have a federal agency when you've got these interstate cases going. We're talking again to ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett, uh, trying to make some sense of the Petito case. Uh, you know, just moments ago, though, you know, Judy was talking about the fact that we've got uh, a, a missing young man uh, here in the area, been missing for weeks. Mm-hmm. There's uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of other missing people. Right. Why this case? Why the focus? What about this has drawn people, the internet sleuths, the social media people, the news? Why this one? Well, I will tell you, typically, and this isn't always the case, typically young, attractive, white females tend to get a lot of social media attention. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. But they just do. I mean, you and I could rattle off a dozen cases I could think of that, sure. that sort, sort of fit Gabby's profile a little bit. And so, you know, you have that component. But I think the real key here, Bruce, is that it is today, if the case has any sort of unique twist to it, and, the, and I think the social media twist in this case was the body cameras of the police in mm. Moab, Utah. Because that then give you the picture of some sort of disagreement, strife, yeah. domestic abuse, whatever it is, is out there. And now the world is seeing it. And so now you have all these couch detectives who jump in and you know, believe they're going to solve this with, with no training or no evidence. Um, uh, so the, and it just grows, and it grows, and it grows. And then obviously the, the regular media pick it up. And then it becomes part of their daily world while it's going on. And, that, and then there you have it. You know, versus you know, a vast majority of the homicides I worked for 30 years, nobody heard of the person other than sure. the family and, and a couple people in D.C. And, you know, I would work those just as hard as the high-profile ones they worked. But, you know, be that what it may, I think that's why you get what you get with this, you know, unbelievable explosion of information about Gabby and Brian. Well, and that's it, I think. It's just so much information, so many pictures, so many videos. It's like watching right. a Netflix series. It almost is. Yeah. You're right. I mean, people it, are it obsessed. Has that, it has that feel to a true crime story, right. and people tune right. in every day to find out the next episode. Right, right. And you have this sort of overlay of, you know, maybe domestic violence, and that, that then taps into a whole another set of folks that, mm. you know, that, that's a sensitive world for them either sure. way. Either they're a victim or they're an advocate, uh, as that plays into this at some point. Uh, so, yes, it, it touches a lot of different areas. Uh, and as it's, as it's on the media or in the media every day, it's going to stoke it even more. Yeah, I, that's a great point. It is like a Netflix series, isn't it? Hey, Brad, appreciate your time. Can, if you have a second, hang on. I, I need to yell at you off air for a second. But anyway, uh, if you if you can, I, I just <laughs> no seriously, I got something. I, okay. I not uh, okay. not for I've honor. Got a, I've got a fifteen hit. So okay, uh, we'll catch up with you later. Then that's fair. All okay, right. Okay. Thanks a lot. He's ABC News's Brad Garrett, uh, uh, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst, and you know, as sad as it is. This this becomes I call them soap operas. Yeah, and you just don't know. Nobody knows what today's version 
is going to bring you, or today's episode is going to bring you in the Gabby Petito look case. How, look how many true crime uh, shows there are. But you America's know that, Judy, it literally, play, mm-hmm. it's playing out like yeah. some Netflix series. And you won't be able to turn this into a Netflix series because we watched it in real time. Yeah. I mean, I watch an episode every day. Yeah. You but watch then you do feel Gabby. sorry for, like, the Jelani Days. Like, Jelani Days' mother yes. is out there. Why is there so much attention to this? Why can't my son's been for missing my son? for a month. Help yeah. me. It's right. really, it's, sorry it's for really it disgusting. Sad, yeah. it, it really is because oh. this is a person who's been missing for almost a month. Yeah. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, don't forget, by the way, we podcast this show. Oh, yes. We've entered the exciting world of podcasting. <laughs> uh, this show is available wherever fine and mediocre podcasts mm-hmm. are found. Um, if everybody has a podcast, does that mean nobody has a podcast? Like, it well, seems like there's a lot of them out there. But the podcast if you missed, falls in the forest. Yeah. Does anybody hear it? If you miss any part of the show, you want to go back and, and, and hear something? We've got some awesome guests already this week. we got more coming up. Yeah. Ace Man's going to join us later today. we got Adam Carolla coming up uh, on the show, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Right? Uh, Adam's coming to town, so we'll get a chance to talk to him a little bit about that. Um, do you remember, maybe it was... And I'm not talking about your uh, um, summer job. I'm not talking about your paper route or your flipping burgers. Like when you graduated college or a trade school or something, and you went to go and start your career. Let's make, maybe that's a, a separation. Do you remember kind of that entry level, that first job you had in radio? I can tell you, my first job in radio was um, I was on from. <laughs> From <laughs> 2 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. I was like, I am i wasn't allowed to be on when the sun was up, uh, you know, and, and I cut my teeth, if you will, and the overnight shift. And you learned, you know, and you I could make mistakes. And I can tell you that a mistake you make on the radio at 4 a.m. is not the same as a mistake you make at 4 in the afternoon, you know. And so yeah, right. I, I kind of understood it to a certain point. We're finding that a lot of those entry-level jobs in a variety of different industries are just drying up. They're not there anymore, right. making it harder and harder for anyone to, for lack of better terms, get their foot in the door. Yeah, I mean, if you every job posting basically has experience. This is what, no matter right. what it is, you must have this and well, this. How am I and you must to get be experience at this and the, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I guess in these days, um, internships are like the new entry level. Oh, yeah, unpaid. And, and, well, a lot of them are paid. Yeah, um, not in our field. I believe, so wait a minute. What is a paid? What is a paid internship? Isn't that just a job? Isn't well, no, that no, a no, like, no. part time? That was my first job in this business. I was an in- intern. Was it the first job? Yeah. Yeah, I was an unpaid intern. No, I, I was, assure I you of that. I was a paid yeah. intern. Paid wow. intern at WGN TV. I worked there, and by the way, yeah, and it was three thirty-five an hour, minimum wage. But you know what? I was out of school. I was living at home. It was great. I had money. And I stayed for over a year. So well, they, 335 an hour. Who's giving up that kind of cash? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. So they, so it's good and bad. Why? Well, but here's the good part. I was there. I met people. And so when there, when a, a full-time job came up or any job, I was always probably the first one considered because they knew me. You know how that goes, and I had already worked there and shown that I was a good worker. So in, in what can only be described as is a horrific 
uh, lack of judgment on some people's parts. I sometimes go and speak uh, to the youths, to the kids, mm-hmm. about radio, broadcasting, etc. Career advice. Career day I yeah. get invited to. Mm-hmm. And I do those from time to time. And what you just said is one of my speech, part of my speech, which is it doesn't matter how you get your foot in the door. Get your foot in the door. If it's an unpaid internship, if it's volunteering, if it's what, if it's minimum wage, I'm only telling you that I learned it by doing it. And then later when I was in management, it's a heck of a lot easier to hire that intern who you know what kind of worker they are. You know they show up on time. You know a little bit more about their character. You feel a lot more comfortable hiring that person than you do just reading it off of a off of a uh, um you know a piece a piece of paper. Miranda, infant producer Miranda. That's how I got my job here. I was an inter- unpaid intern. Unpaid intern. Mm-hmm. Were you going to school at the time? Yeah, I was So you were going- getting school credit. Yeah, basically. Allegedly. And then, um, she had the best like, teacher in the world, too. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, Love Cheese taught me so much during my internship. Yes. So and then our boss, Stephanie, saw all the hard work I was doing. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You're an so, example yeah. of how that works. It's I didn't so even much need an interview. It's so much easier to do that. But. Those opportunities are going away. They changed the intern rules. Oh, yeah. Remember that when they did it? We used to have interns well, tripping uh, over yeah, each other. Someone sued, and I think it was yeah. New York, and then everyone stopped paying. And, and it was, and it well, was you, a stipend. Well, you had and, to pay. You either had to pay your intern or they had to be getting school credit. I believe I remember when the rule changed because yeah. it fundamentally changed what the inside of our radio station looked like. And I don't think for the better. And it wasn't because I was trying to take advantage of people. I could no longer let that person who just wanted to do it so bad, but I didn't have an opening. I'm sorry, I just don't I don't have a, a job for you. I'll do anything. I'll sweep the floors. Ah, you know, I'll I'll do we literally couldn't let them do that mm-hmm. for free. You know, now we can't even have interns, paid right. or not. Like, yeah. No Just can't even have them. Yeah. And, and, that, don't and that's for- a shame. And don't yeah. forget, for all of you young folks out there, oh, you it's, kids. It's, also, kids. it's also a war of attrition. Stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, in any job, right? Yeah. In any job. Oh, yeah, across all industries. you, you got to stick with it. But it's getting harder and harder. And those those entry-level jobs are being taken by people who have experience in the field already making it again you see how this Mm -hmm. this is a self-perpetuating thing where how does anybody get any experience in the field if everybody already has experience in the field i wish you guys best best of luck out there are your airplane habits normal or weird how would you know if we didn't all get together and take a survey are you ready to take this with us okay i'm going to give you options let's start with this When choosing a seat, where do you sit? Do you sit on the aisle? Do you sit in the middle? Or do you sit on the window? I am a window person every time. You're an aisle. Ah, I love the window, too, because I love to look out the window. 70%! By the way, hundreds of thousands of people have taken this poll. 70% choose window. Hmm. 29% 29% choose uh, aisle, and some freakish 1% choose the middle seat. Who are those people? Come on. Not jump. They are psychopaths. I get the middle seat, 
sometimes because I well, yeah. Yeah. get a good deal and I don't care what seat I get. And I don't mind. I care what seat I See, get. See, I do not mind them, but I'm small ish. I sit on them. And I want to pretend I also I'm, don't get up. Oh, you see, I don't get up, and I want to pretend I'm not even on a plane. But so. if I'm on the aisle, I, I got to get up because people are getting in and out. Exactly. So I don't like. I don't like getting oh, up. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't I sit do, on the aisle. I do dislike that. I don't like that. How early do you get to the airport? Your options are less than an hour before the flight, one to two hours before the flight, or over two hours before the flight. One to two. One to two for Judy. I get there uh, less than an hour. You? Me too. Less than an hour. Yeah. You are in the minority. Yeah. Way minority. 66% of you between one to two hours, 30% over two hours before the flight. What the hell are you people doing at airports? And Cheese and I are part of the 4% that get there just in time to get on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can breathe. I breeze right through. I told you I have this thing called clear. I have pre-check. I just walk. I mean, I can go from curb to gate at uh, O'Hare. Eight minutes. Maybe? Yeah. See, I would if I knew I could make the flight in that small amount of time. I would, but I don't have any of that. Yeah. Which, I, you can't. You just can't chance it. Which is easier to travel with, just a carry on or a checked bag? <sighs> carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Sixty three percent carry on. I I can't tell you last time I checked a bag. I went to I went to Europe. <laughs> okay, that's for insane. ten days with a carry on. I checked two bags to Europe. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going for a fashion show. Yeah. You guys have laundry, don't you? Yeah. Just, uh, what is the best airplane snack? Oh, is it peanuts? Is it pretzels? Is it cookies? <sighs> cookies. You going cookies? Definitely cookie if you're flying. Um, who hands out those biscotti? American gives oh, out yeah, biscottis. Those are yeah. the best oh, ever. When yeah. they touch your lips. Oh, man, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Cookies is the winner. 45%, 41% of you choose pretzels, and I'm the weirdo. I'm a peanut person. Oh, really? I bring my own peanuts on the plane. I take a baggie. I put peanuts in it. By the way, I sprinkle Old Bay seasoning on it, shake it up, and then I have my own snack. Yeah, but what happens when you eat peanuts? I don't know what happens you when you eat get thirsty. Yeah, well, I bring water, too. Okay. On top of it. Do you recline your seat? Now, this one yes, I'm no, having a hard time with. I do. Can't you recline it? Depends on the seat. I sit, I, my, my go-to is emergency exit window. And if I am the emergency exit, I have a little extra leg room. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and in my karma world, if I have a little extra leg room, I don't need to recline my seat and screw the person behind me. Yeah. That's kind of like the way I, I, I approach it. If I don't, I might do that. Okay, to screw the person behind you. Is that how I, I'm not, a, uh, you know, I'm not a frequent flyer. I don't, I think it's perfectly okay to recline your seat. Doesn't uh, the person, how about if the person in front of me reclines, then I get to recline? Oh, well, then it's like the domino theory. You see, oh, yeah. <laughs> everybody has to go back. All right. Uh, which cabin do you usually fly in? First business or economy? Economy. Economy. Yeah. I bet in first, though. 88% choose economy. I fly enough that I get upgraded, but I buy economy tickets. And then I pray that I get the upgrade. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, here's the upgrade list. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Do you use the bathroom on a plane? Hardly ever. Yeah. Yeah. No. Unless there's like some crazy. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm Mm-mm. What's the best way to kill time on a plane? Do you read? Do you sleep? Or do you watch movies? I read. You read? Sleep. Forget sleep. It. Yeah, I'm sleeping. I watch movies. Mm-hmm. I watch TV. I mean, they've got so many. Uh, th- you got the interwebs on the plane now. Yeah. I can sit there and 
watch Netflix. We've got fifty five percent of the people out there watch movies. By the way, thirty one percent sleep, fourteen percent read. Crazy! Wow, I'm shocked at that. You're shocked at that. I thought most people read. Do you keep your window shade open or closed? Why do they close the shade on takeoff? Or other way around? Landing? No, other way around. You have to keep it open. Well, I said emergency exits. Emergency exit windows have to be open on takeoff and landing. I close it the second I get a chance. As soon as you take off, down goes the shade. I don't need to see the wing in clouds. <laughs> but I, I feel like they come around and say, close your... Uh, when you land, a lot land. of places. Okay. Yes, so the sun doesn't come in and heat oh, up the plane. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I oh, think there okay. was a reason because... Yeah. 76% of you, though, keep the window open. I do, yeah, I like it open. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the mm. weird group, so... That, is, that just helps you understand a little bit more. Are you in the majority or the minority when you are flying? You forgot the best question. Which is that? How many of you fly with slippers on? Oh, dear God. Or how many people take their shoes off while you cannot you take that? your shoes off? I hate no. that. That ought to be no. that, that is what air marshals should be for. Yeah. They should tase people that take their shoes off. Guy sits down next to you, instantly no. starts taking. You can't do that. You're like, you can't do that. Yeah. And so, uh, getting back to the reclining in your seat, you forty. <laughs> the most people say no. Yeah, you don't recline your seat. That's crazy. No. no, they have the recliner there for a reason. <laughs> no, you don't do that. No, I'm with Judy. Recline the seat. Right? Recline the seat. No. You take your shoes off, Rob? Are you are you no. one of those guys? No, absolutely not. Okay, no, the, the shoe. That's where I draw the line. Shoes <laughs> on, please. And you know what? And don't wear flip flops. Don't don't do that. I don't get that either. Yeah. Don't need to see the. So, feet. Rob, were you offended when I used to take my shoes off and we worked together in another of in a newsroom? Yes. Well, you know, unless you had gone for a pedicure the morning before, we always. Were fine. Yeah. Yeah, no pedicure. Put the shoes on, you. <laughs> Just about the pedicure. <laughs> the armrests. Final question. The armrests. Mm. Whose arm? Who does it belong to? The middle seat armrests. Who do they belong to? Oh, the middle seat because it's the middle seat. Yeah, the guy. The guy in the right? middle gets the armrests. I'm going to sit in the middle from now on. Guy in the middle does. Yeah. And by the way, 37 percent say they belong to the person in the middle. 34 percent say. One goes to the middle, and one go one uh, uh, the end seats gets it. Can you imagine being in the middle and you're the two idiots on either side of you take the the armrest? That's me. You're the one that says you can recline your seat. It's my goddamn armrest. <laughs> I paid for it. It's my, how do you know it's yours? It might be mine. Ah, I've sh- I shared the armrest on the last one. Ooh, wow. She was kind of cute. Oh, there you so, go. Yeah. Blowing it up hey. there. All right. Hello. Hey we're off, and we're taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Judy will start it off. Bloomington police asking for the public's help in the case of a missing ISU grad student. Jelani Day disappeared almost a month ago. Uh, the Gabby Petito case is sparking interest in other missing persons cases. Bruce? All right. If you had Justin Fields in three, congratulations. You won your local pool. Justin Fields, the number one pick of your Chicago Bears, will start at quarterback this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Andy Dalton, no, I'm okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> sit big, down. Big Red, sit down. <laughs> It's Justin Fields' turn, Cheese. Yep. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is going crazy and saying, Kermit the Frog was wrong. It is easy being green. And he wants people to just calm down and deal with climate change. For goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. It's easy. Kermit was wrong. Kermit was wrong. He lost me at Kermit was wrong. (laughs) All right. Um, 
so you know you may you may have heard us uh, uh talk about treating ptsd you know right around the pullout in afghanistan we actually talked to a couple different uh, veterans uh, people who had served there about the feelings that, that that brought up seeing troops leave afghanistan maybe even worse seeing the taliban kind of take back over and and running it through well what do we fight for but it also brings up a lot of emotions as well and that post-traumatic stress disorder is very very real there's a new movie out called ptsd the walking wounded and joining us right now he is the director of that film ash patino good morning ash Good morning. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. Glad that you could join us. Tell us a little bit. I know you had to, certainly some help with this film. Maybe you need explain a little more who David Lionheart is. Uh, David Lionheart runs an organization called Play for Your Freedom, and it basically tries to bridge a gap between returning veterans and making sure they're kind of in a healthy place and that they have community around them. And what he did was really impressive. So when I had seen some of the work he was doing, it kind of opened my eyes to PTSD and what some of these men and women who had, you know, so bravely been willing to, you know, work on our country that in that way. Um, and so I really just wanted to see how I could get involved and get that message out further. How serious of a problem is PTSD? I mean, you know, how prevalent among um, veterans? Well, it it seems about 20% end up experiencing it sometime in their life. And wow. I mean, that's obviously what we know of. So you can imagine the numbers are probably higher. I'm sure so many of them are probably, you know, brave men and women who, who might not be able to speak up about some of the stuff that might be happening. So I think it actually is probably more than 20%, but 20% is what we know. Is it a new phenomenon? Or because you said they're, when they're afraid to speak up, I feel like maybe veterans of past wars, we, we just didn't hear about this as much. Yeah, I mean, I think it has been termed, you know, shell shock and some other things as it kind of moved along here. Um, but I do think, I don't think it's new at all. I think it's just now that we're we're recognizing it more and we're seeing, you know, similar types of behaviors, uh, symptoms of PTSD, and we're learning more about that. And I think, you know, it extends obviously past our veterans to people who have dealt with trauma, although obviously our film revolves around veterans. Um, and so I think it's, you know, we're just learning more and we're really, really realizing it impacts a lot of people and how to try to mitigate that before it becomes a massive problem or, you know, t- 22 veterans commit suicide yeah. every day. And when you start to look at those stats, I mean, I feel like maybe we as a community or, or people in general might be able to do better with helping or, or figuring out better ways that we could help support them when they return. Ash Patino uh, is the director of the documentary PTSD, The Walking Wounded. Uh, I lost my, my friend Brian uh, to suicide uh, after he returned. And he had started an organization to help other veterans and i felt like we didn't do enough to help him and i think a lot of people are very hesitant to approach veterans and try to talk to them about their mental health Uh, this plays out in the film correct oh absolutely yeah i think it's uh it it is it's interesting because they are there are people who feel fearful and some of the the places we went and veterans we met with, um, you know, talked about that people were fearful of them or um, because PTSD can have that effect of 
um, getting angry quickly, elevated quickly, and I think that ends up scaring people. And, you know, sure, obviously that can be a scary thing, but, you know, once that's passed is looking at, okay, where where does this person need to be community-wise to get the help that they need so that they can try to get through this in a smoother fashion rather than having a blowout or feeling so isolated and alone like they can't talk to anyone. But, you know, it's it's easy to recognize anger, uh, you know, a blow-up. What's not easy to recognize is, you know, something that's just not visible. How how do you, if you want to help someone who you think may be struggling, but what what, what are the signs? Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of is what I learned about in the film, you know, is just kind of that isolation, withdrawal. Um, you know, a, a lot of them turn to drugs and alcohol, uh, you know, just being kind of combative or a, a little more assertive with your family, for instance, than maybe you should be. And the crazy thing about PTSD is, you know, we view it, I think a lot of people view it as, oh, they come home and then they have PTSD and then a year goes by and, and then you can get over it. Right, but they get better. The yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and then and a lot of times it doesn't come up for these guys for, you know, two years, ten years, sometimes even into retirement when you're kind of have those you know, if you're if you're moving constantly, it's you, you almost don't deal with it, right? Because it's like stuffed in the back of your head. But yeah. it's the times that you slow down for a moment um, and have to have to really think about it, view it. It keeps popping up. Things keep happening that remind you, and then pretty soon, you know, you're 60 years old and you know have been out of uh, a war or working for the military for 40 years, and it's right there as if it was yesterday. You, you know? know, you know, Ash, I think this is a, a very important film. Again, PTSD, The Walking Wounded, and and again, your partner in, in the film, David Lionheart. He, he, he's very, um, he's very open. <laughs> you know, I mean, he is, he's very raw, if you will. Uh, but I, 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 I'm thinking and I hope that that's what it's going to take to connect to some of the people that most desperately need to hear the message. Well, yes, I think it was really amazing, all the veterans, and then, you know, we also had veterans' families who the vet did not survive. But I think when you put that together, you hear their raw stories of either, you know, the damage they inadvertently afflicted because of their PTSD, or, you know, the you hear from the families who were witnessing their loved ones with PTSD. And I think the film is extremely raw that way, but what is, I think, really amazing about it is there is a... It also is, has solutions. It also has hope. You know, it's it's not saying um, we're a terrible country and and we need to we're not treating them well. It's saying, hey, look, look, there's an issue here, and let's see what we can do about it. And I think it was so amazing that the veterans that did come forward and were willing to speak so openly on the film made such a, a strong impact. I think on the story in general because you get to hear it right from them. And so if, if someone doesn't really understand PTSD, I feel like if you watch this film you'll get a very good understanding yeah. of what that means and, and what we can be doing to probably help mitigate that might be able to start a really important conversation to say the least ash how can people find uh ptsd the walking wounded um basically it's going to be up on all platforms almost on october 1st uh, is what we're encouraging people to do is pre-order on itunes right now so if you just search ptsd the walking wounded on itunes those pre-orders really help us get the word out further and the further that 
goes, I believe that the more it will help veterans, um, any money that is made from the film, obviously minus the distribution costs, but go back into the Play for Your Freedom group and helping veterans also. So it even goes to a good cause, which is really nice. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for this film. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Outstanding. That's Ash Patino, uh, director of the new documentary PTSD, The Walking Wounded. A happy Thursday to you. Happy almost Friday. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. And they say now, those people that look at things like this, that statistically, every single American has gotten at least one phone call asking them about extending their home warranty. The number of calls and the number of phones in America means everybody's gotten at least one. Here's the frustrating part. Since I get five a week, that means some of you aren't getting any. Okay, so I just want to share with you how frustrating it is. I went on this no-call list years ago. And you're getting five a week? Oh, I get, I, I get at least one scam call a day, but yeah. I get the car warranty ones a lot. I had a Social Security one the other day. Oh, I have no way. We're calling about a criminal. Hang on. <laughs> I, I don't even let them get through that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hang up immediately. But the car warranty, I just don't understand. What is it about car extended car warranties that is the scammer's best friend? They, Somebody must be they, biting yes, on this. They might, must be selling them, right? I I'm, I think the same thing because I at first thought of it's all a, the things, right? Well, at first you think is yeah. this a scam for something else? They're trying to get your information. No, they're trying to sell you a car warranty. Now, what we find out from you know. Our friends like at the Better Business Bureau and other people that look into this. It it is a scam in the sense of it's a horrible car warranty. It is expensive and it basically doesn't cover the car. Other than that, it's brilliant. You know? Yeah, so the ones that are selling you something, think, yeah, they're just yeah. taking money from you. you because know? they start by saying your car warranty has expired. However, if you know, give us a call and we can whatever the way they word it. Is almost like I could get it for free. Like you can extend your car warranty, but you have to call us. I never have, but there, it's very, somebody is. very good yeah. wording because people who don't know or think, oh, I, I should, I can get a car warranty and just extend it for no money. And what you say though is, it's probably a lot of money, and you get nothing for it. Right. So in that way, it's the scam. It is a scam in that in that sense, absolutely. But it's, a legal scam. Well, it's not the Social Security Administration calling and saying they don't call. Uh, first of all, try calling them, okay? Like, they're going to call There's me? nobody at the Social Security there. Administration. It's ridiculous. It's a big, empty phone. building in Washington, D.C. And now, now they've called me because someone yeah. ha- has stolen. How did they put it? Someone had not has stolen, but, oh, my, my, no, my Social Security number is going to be, ex- they're going to expire it because it's been used for some criminal activity. Mm. Okay, expire my social security number? I don't think so. It's the, the wording is so ridiculous, you know right away. But unfortunately, unlike you, Bruce, when you hang up within seconds, just within seconds, I enjoy, I enjoy the hunt. Yeah, no, mm. I don't. Have yeah, no, there. I keep him on the line. I normally don't I answer, answer their any call oh, that I don't know. Yeah. I don't like. Um, oh God. Talking on my phone, so I try not to do that to begin with. But sometimes I'm like waiting for a call from somebody. Like, well, maybe that's them, you know? Right. You and so know. I pick it up and I go, "Your done, done." 
I mean, I get rid of them so darn fast and I'll make their head spin. So here's how, if I can help you, because a lot of people have a car warranty. They want a car warranty. They're interested in one. Some important safety tips. Only the manufacturer can extend the warranty that came with your car. Listen to that closely. Only the manufacturer, Ford, Toyota, Lexus, Range Rover, by the way, you definitely need a warranty with a Range Rover. Oh, yeah. Um, they're the only ones that can extend your car warranty. <laughs> they also will never call you to ask you to do that. So anything that you are buying from one of these is just a service contract. You are basically buying an insurance policy um, against something going wrong with your car. What the experts are saying is, if you really do want a service contract, you can find those. Some people do want them. Ice-T sells them, I believe. Yeah, he does. Does he do a commercial for yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can find them. Yeah. You can find them for less money and that actually cover the car. The ones they're calling you for, don't do either of that. Hmm. Don't do either. Uh, Sylvia. In Michigan City, you get these calls? I get these calls all the time. Oh. But the thing is, is yeah. I know now not only don't have a car, I don't drive. <laughs> and I, and, and, I'm sorry, Sylvia. We're laughing, but it's funny, right? Yeah. In the very beginning, I told them I don't drive. I don't have a car. I don't have anything to do with warranties. <laughs> and I put them on that do not call. I put right. them on... Uh, put them all these different things, and they call me. And they still call all the time. Me, do I want a warranty <laughs> on an invisible car? Yes, Sylvia. I'm gonna. We we got your number since you called. I'm just gonna forward all the ones I get to you because yeah. I think you. You know, it'll do. I appreciate it. Yeah. I get very lonesome. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a giver, yeah. Sylvia. I'm a giver, Sylvia. Thank you for calling. Okay, thank you. Have a Bye. wonderful Thursday. Don't you know, own a car. It, you know, interestingly, need to extend the warranty. Yeah. Interestingly, there is a show on this very radio station no. Saturday mornings from eight to nine. I've heard rumors. and we and we tackle these very issues. You Who tackle these that? issues. Mm. That would be me. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Look at that. So, warranty Gosh, or no problem. warranty, Rob? Uh, I would follow what Bruce just said. Your best bet is to stick with the manufacturer, and don't forget. That if you are buying and or leasing a new car, these warranties these days across the board, regardless of manufacturer, are great. Yeah. Yeah. They are really good these it's days. It's a good incentive yeah. about it. So um so I was at a a restaurant last night. I went to Pinstripes. Oh nice. Right over right over here. Oh, I hope you went during happy hour. It was Whiskey Wednesday. All right. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. I did I didn't one. have any. Um <laughs> Uh, but it's across the street from me. So it was easy place to go and just grab, uh, uh something to eat. I had the chicken parmesan. It was lovely. Yeah. They um, have really good food. But then it comes around to tipping. I, and you know, we, I know we've, we've touched on this before. They were training, uh, somebody, uh, to be a, a, a waiter. I, and I've heard, you know, everybody's looking for work. Mm-hmm. Um, this place was well staffed. I didn't feel like there weren't a lot of people working, but I feel the need to tip more than I usually do. See, I'm I'm past that now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm not. I during I mean, now that the pandemic in my head is easing, my tipping habits are easing. I take the first number and I double it usually. Whatever the first number is, your your bills. Oh, okay. Forty two dollars. Double it. Four and oh. eight. Now, what I do is 
I add a couple onto that. So if my bill's forty two bucks, I tip ten. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I, I double to eight, and I go. Well, let's round it up to the next number like that. And I feel like I'm I'm supporting these people, and I'm also thankful for the fact that they showed up for work. For God's sakes. Yeah. Thank you. Because I mean, attend. I don't know how to make chicken parmesan. I know. I assume it makes it involves chicken, and then I'm lost. Yeah. A ten dollar tip on forty two dollars is a pretty good tip. Yeah, I'm a good yeah, tip. Yeah. Twenty twenty something percent, twenty two percent. But Way more it than also that. depends apparently on what generation you come from as to how much you tip. Like we tip by generation. Did you know that? I did not know that. I thought there was kind of a standard. Fifteen percent is kind of a standard, mm-hmm. right? Isn't it? Again, since I don't know how to do fifteen percent, I just take the first number and double it. See, yeah. I, yeah, and it's a lear- it's a s- learned skill. I I think I, I've been out with some young people who don't tip. What do you mean they don't? I tip? don't. They go. They've gone with their parents their whole lives, and their parents have always picked up the bill. Now, and it's it's something you have to teach your kids. You have to teach them how to do. I oh, think that's they're not like me, doing yeah. the uh, uh um, what's the movie? Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir dogs. Yeah. I don't tip. They're Miranda, not doing that. Is that true, Miranda? Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. How much did you know? I've had I had to teach my boyfriend how to tip. What do you mean? His ben, thing, this is Ben. This is Ben. My buddy Ben. Your best friend Ben. Yeah. Not bad how to tip at all. His, his idea of a tip is, oh, there's two of us, three bucks each. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. Like we literally have arguments about this. Like I tell him, I will send you five more bucks. Just throw five more bucks on the car on the check, please. Just do that. Really. But yeah. She worked yeah. as a waitress. That's oh, why yeah. she knows. Right. I, I mean, it's in so their defense, half of they Americans, just don't know. Half of Americans out there believe the standard tip is between 16 and 20%. So at least I'm in the, I'm in the kind of a, a majority. But you talk to those millennials, damn kids today. They are, they're 10 points lower than that. And is it a learned behavior or do they just not see Wait staff, uh, people who who normally work for tips as being that deserving of it. They I, just they don't know. They don't think about it mm, at all, right? I don't. I I've not been around people that don't tip. I would be if I Me went either. somewhere and somebody didn't tip, and we walked out the door and go, "Yeah, I didn't tip." I would turn around, run oh, yeah. back, and go, right. "Hold on, here's a twenty dollar bill." I don't know what they were thinking. I, I I couldn't live with myself. Kids these days are greedy, so Damn whatever kids. money they have, it's their money. They don't, they don't want to share. Away. Yeah, my I, that's interesting because my sons are very good tippers, but I believe we taught them that. We are, you know, I grew up being a good tipper, and I think that's what they learn that from. Because think about it. If they go out to eat with the family all the time, and with their friends, they just go somewhere, you know, fast food, but actually to a restaurant. And then the first time they go to a restaurant, how would they know how to tip? So can I throw this out there? I, even at my advanced age, I am unclear on who to tip. Okay? I go to a restaurant. Yes. That I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, a waiter, a waitress, I got it. Who else are you tipping? If someone delivers food to you, mm. do you tip the same amount? I don't tip the same amount. I tip, but I ain't tipping 20% just because you delivered no, it. Because no. a lot of places charge a delivery fee as well. That's yeah. funny. I tend to tip better okay. when my food's delivered. What about your Uber or your Lyft driver? Oh, yeah. I tip well. I tip them. Too. But do you tip a taxi driver the same as you tip an Uber or a Lyft driver? Nope. 
No. I haven't taken a taxi, taxi okay. in a long time, but I used to take taxis all the time. So, what's for the work. difference between an Uber and a taxi? I, well, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Uh, the color of the drivers, car. <laughs> you know, yeah, the car is nicer, the oh, okay. drive's nicer, okay. the person's. How much do you tip? Like, uh, do you go to a hotel? Does somebody carry your bags up to your room? Oh, yeah, you got to tip them if that happens. How much do you tip them? Yeah, a buck or two. Only a buck or two? Yeah. Okay. I also leave, I generally... What about at a hotel, yeah, the housekeeping? Yeah, I generally leave some... I didn't know that was a thing. I learned about that like a weeks well, ago. Business people, people who travel, no. That's how I learned it. But nothing... That you leave money... Or a couple dollars again. For the housekeeping yeah. staff if you're staying multiple days. I did not know that. Well, see, I stay at the like Holiday Inn Express, so I don't believe I... You're yeah, supposed to bad. as well. Really? Yeah. Even oh, the... yeah. But okay. I, well, I, do, say supposed I to. do base it on how well the room is ah, clean. Okay. I, I do. Do you have a landscaper? Do you tip... I never tipped my landscaper. No, never. I paid my landscaper, but I didn't know there was a tip supposed okay. to be involved in this. I... But this... <laughs> When I in the suburbs, we get little cards like during the holidays from like our garbage man. Oh, yeah. I hate that. our mail person. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I already pay. You know, you know my garbage picked up. I've got a yeah. stinking tip jar right here on the news desk. Nothing, Nothing. in the tip <laughs> jar. I'll Nothing by. at all. Uh, Not Rob, a- I'm going to stop by today because yeah, it's we'll been stop a good by. week. Yeah. You know, I think I've done a pretty decent <laughs> job I mean, filling you know, in for well, you. Did? You know, what a you buck or two. Yeah, I got all a tip right. for you. Buy low, sell high. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, always, don't spit in the wind. I'll, I'll always be kind tip. to people with access to your toothbrush. I got yeah, it. Yeah. You got it. Okay. <laughs> you know, technology keeps moving forward. I saw again the other day, you know, these robotic dogs, which terrified me, quite honestly. <laughs> they should. Thinking that they can absolutely be used for uh, nefarious reasons. Biting right? us? Yeah. But now... We have what they're describing as the smallest human-made flying structure ever created. How small? How small? The size of a grain of sand. The a si- winged microchip. It has wings. <laughs> it has wings as it flies. It's the size of a grain of sand. Mm-hmm. Has has nobody seen Black Mirror? Have <laughs> none of these people yes. seen how this stuff these can be used? These scientists have seen Black Mirror, and this is what they've come up with. This is unbelievable. I know. I can't even wrap my head around it. So these there these, was a Black Mirror episode about drones and how they can you know how was drones. Was it a bee? Yeah, but they were tiny little things. They were drones right. and how they could kind of you know, all swarm right. together and yeah. And kill you. Oh, that was they, everything they, yeah, in Black they Mirror killed, killed a woman. you. Yeah, she, it, it was part of her birthday cake. Oh, my gosh. It's coming back to me. Micro flyers. So, Mike, so what's interesting about this, and all I really can uh, wrap my head around and understand, these microchips, which, by the way, were created to um, help scientists track airborne diseases Whatever. and air pollution. Okay, that could help us in another pandemic. Yeah. Okay, they... They float, so that's why we say they're winged. Because like those, um, those we call them helicopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. From the trees, when they fall from the yeah, tree, and they kind of float in the. That's sure. that's the whole idea. They're so small that when they release them, they just kind of glide on the wind. You know who came up with this too? Yeah, right up the water they're here. So smart at Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they've just been watching that a lot. Again, here's the concern. Let me just get, let me be the, the naysayer. The problem is, I want you to think about a technology over the last hundred years. Think of a technology 
that wasn't almost immediately militarized and used as a weapon. Yeah, it was right? for bad. Remember? Remember we were worried about, you know, drones were just, so you could take pictures and you could fly mm-hmm. them around and, and, well, my neighbors and, have and them. then pretty soon the we put missiles on them yeah. and started shooting them at right. people, right? Or added a gun to it or and something. And you can't even, you can't even visualize how small these are. No. Unless you see one of those maple tree pods that we call helicopters. Little helicopter pods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be all over soon. Or maybe it's a spring thing. And then you put up this microchip next to it. That's how tiny it, and it dwarfs it. This Dear scientist in Evanston, watch Black Mirror first. <laughs> I'm saying. Watch it and then have. say, don't do that. They have, and that's why they're doing it. If you haven't watched Black Mirror on Netflix, it is worth your time. Uh, it is uh, every episode stands on its own. So it's not a it's a series, scary. but there's no connection between them. And each one is like a 60 minute thing where it takes um, in the future how technology, yeah. a piece of technology can be used poorly. Yeah. Bruce, wouldn't you say it's kind of Twilight zony? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's about what could go wrong. In, in a, My in a, favorite in was world. the likes. How many likes? So oh, your whole social, life was your determined. Life. You people have their phone, oh, and if they said, like "Oh, hey, cheese," and you gave me a bad look, I would go, "Huh?" Mm-hmm. And I would downgrade you on. And oh, you got yeah. downgrade. You couldn't go into, but yeah. you say that they have parties. it in China. They have that the social credit score. Yes, stop it. Wow. Yes, you can't get on airplanes if your social credit score is too low or too high. It has to do with being a good citizen. No, they've already got it. Absolutely. Who determines who's a good citizen? The, the damn Chinese you're government up, does, uh, apparently. Oh I, my god! Hey, if you're carrying around Mao's little red book, you're there. Good. You go. Hey. Brian from the South Side. Brian, what two songs did DJ Cheese scramble up for you this morning? I believe that was Time of the Season and Seasons Change. Very good. You nailed it, Brian. You got it. Congratulations to you. And hope you're not busy tomorrow. If you are, cancel your plans and invite a friend along. Get yourself a pair of tickets to go check out Alice Cooper at Huntington Bank Pavilion at Northerly Island. All right? Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Appreciate you listening and enjoy a great night out with some music from Alice Cooper, a showman in yeah, every man. way, shape, and That's form, great. to say the least. Judy Cheese with you jumping into the 8 o'clock hour with the big stories people are talking about. Hey, Justin Fields will be starting at quarterback. Andy Dalton has a bone bruise, oh. which I think is a very nice way of saying, please have a seat. It's time for Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, we will see this Sunday how he does in his first start as an NFL quarterback cheese. Yeah, well, according to British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Kermit the Frog has been wrong all these years. It is easy to be green, and he wants people to do this. Deal with it and get over climate change. That's what he's saying. It is easy being green. Well, I'll wait for Kermit to say that. Well, the Gabby Petito case is sparking interest in other unsolved missing persons cases, including that of an ISU grad student. Jelani Day disappeared almost a month ago. Bloomington police asking for the public's help. So um, as a uh, resident of Streeterville, a Streeter villain, as I like to refer to us mm-hmm. as Streeterville, come for the pier. Stay for the tussle. And I know a lot about uh, Navy Pier because it is, I can see it yeah. from where I, I live. I go, I, I like to wander around it. And I think it's kind of cool that like the biggest uh, attraction, the biggest tourist attraction in the state of Illinois, 
I can throw a rocket. By the way, I don't throw rocks. It's your it's a, it's a, I, the reason I say that and I don't throw rocks at it is joining us in studio is the, <laughs> the president of Navy Pier, Marilyn Gardner. Marilyn, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for I, I having promise me. Promise, I don't throw any rocks. <laughs> I know better, and I, I, I play by the rules. So, uh, I got to tell you. So, we were we mentioned something, and I want to before we get into some of the cool things that are going on at the pier. Uh, I go down there because the shops and the restaurants, and it's a quick, easy place for me to go. I can grab something to eat. Uh, good people watching. Just throw it <laughs> Very out there. Good people good watching. Good people watching. It's an interesting, eclectic might be a nice way to put a mix of people. Um, and one of the things that I really like that you guys have, and I didn't realize it at first, was you uh, set aside a space kind of in the indoor part where the restaurants are, and it rotates restaurants. Only reason I say that is I got barbecue there, and I really like the barbecue, and I went back there, and it was a different... I go, I go well, did they close? They go, no, no, we rotate them. Ah. Right, so it's called FUDA, and FUDA brings on a rotating... Uh, I'll call it a rotating menu of local minority food operators or vendors. And it's just a terrific concept and one that we're really proud to be able to provide a space for. I run down there first every time. I go, let's go check out that one. Let's go. Great, great. No, good to hear. And our intent has been to showcase Chicago, authentically Chicago dining experiences. And it does just that. And it gives operators an opportunity who might not be able to maintain a long-term lease. um, But great opportunity for them to come down to the pier and offer our guests something different on and, a regular basis. And then you can walk right out the doors and get your rainbow cone. Just throw <laughs> it out right. there. Yeah, go ahead. Get the rainbow right the cone. Tell me I don't know, Nate. Yeah, right. Oh, I know Look what at this. I love it. Is. It's I'm, your backyard. I'm dumb. I'm not stupid, for goodness <laughs> sakes. Uh, and hey, by the way, we are Facebook living. Uh, oh. Facebook living. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Let's yeah, go yeah, with that. Works. Yeah, WLSAM.com. Yeah, see us live on Facebook right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Bruce, you know, lives at Navy Pier. Most of us, <laughs> we go to Navy. It's an event, right? We go there because it's Navy Pier. It's fabulous. But we're we're visiting maybe once or a couple times a year. And so what, what do we need to know? Those of us who are coming in to, to go to Navy Pier. Well, what you really need to know is that this weekend we are hosting a first of a lifetime event called Chicago Live Again. And the intent is to bring together audiences and artists for the first time post pandemic. So the performing arts um, community was the first to close with the pandemic and they are among the last to recover. And so what better place than Navy Pier, the People's Pier, to bring together on um, the performing arts organizations that make this city so incredibly vibrant. Marilyn, give me an example. What, what are some of the groups that I'll be able to, or organizations this weekend or, that are going to be at Navy Pier? Well, this has never been done before. There okay, are 50 different Whoa, organizations. You don't have to name them all. 50. No, I will not. And, and you can find the information about those 50 mm-hmm. on our website at NavyPier.org. But I'll just give you some examples. So Joffrey Ballet, Whoa. Hubbard Street Dance, um, Black Ensemble Theater, Muntu Dance, uh, Chicago Symphony Orchestra, Symphony. Lyric. Lyric uh, the list goes on. The list is literally these as are the, long these as are the, the ones. Yeah, but this, Chicago. This is yeah. the, the, all of the big right. iconic uh, uh, artists so groups. So the big iconic, but then also many of the emerging. The okay. Puerto Rican Arts Alliance. Again, the list goes on and 
one of the really, or one of, I think, the coolest things about this is that Saturday afternoon, um, there will be master classes at Hubbard Street Dance, mm-hmm. and Steppenwolf will be providing to um, students of Chai Arts, so Chicago wow. School for the Arts. And so um, just a great opportunity for young people to engage with the professionals. And we're just thrilled to be bringing the artists and um, the artist backstage yeah. back to work for the first time. Now, oh. will this be indoors, outdoors, all around the pier? How will it work? Great question. Outside. We have two main stages. One, the lake stage in Polk Brothers Park. And then we've created a stage down at the east end of the pier outside of the Aeon Grand Ballroom. Oh, yeah. There will be continuous performances um, beginning Friday afternoon, running through Saturday evening, concluding with one of the most spectacular fireworks displays that you have <laughs> ever seen. And that display I, is provided by an anonymous donor. Uh, so we're You're truly welcome. grateful. <laughs> cheese, thank you. She didn't look at cheese when you said that. I'm like, it's cheese. The, the cheese yeah, it's not me, by the way. It's not me. And then we also and were so grateful that the Pritzker Foundation and the Illinois Office of Tourism have provided the financial support to make this um, first-in-a-lifetime event a reality. Marilyn Gardner, again, the president. President of Navy Pier. Remember when you voted for her for president? (laughs) Exactly. Marilyn Gardner is president doing amazing things down there. You mentioned the fireworks. So can I just tell you that the first night you guys brought the fireworks back, we we uh, we're doing them Wednesdays and Saturdays. So Wednesdays and Saturdays through Labor Day, right. and then th- during September we did them Saturdays. So only. when they first brought them back, I'm minding my own business. Yep. And I hear, and I think it's thunder, and I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna rain. And I'm looking outside. There's not a cloud in the sky. I go, the hell is this noise? <laughs> it sounds like thunder in downtown. You know, mm-hmm. echoing through the buildings. And then I. Finally figured out it was. Yeah. Did you look up in the sky and see? Yes. Well, I, I mentioned show. that at first. Yeah. I was looking the wrong direction, apparently, <laughs> and then I finally figured go. out that the fireworks are going on. So, down for there. someone who's maybe never even been to the pier, which what? I find shocking, or doesn't go very often, who are you people? This is the best. This is like one of the best weekends to well, go, you're right? Gonna, because you're going to see. You're going to see things that. You, I mean, let's right. be honest. And maybe a lot it, of people can't go to the Joffrey Ballet. Well, think about lyric. it. It's all free. Yeah, so that's, that's it. And, and I wanted to make sure you'll have the opportunity to see all of these iconic and emerging arts organizations yeah. in one place that you at might one not time. Yes, ever get to see. You know, who's? I mean, it's great if you Joffrey Ballet, the Lyric Opera. They they give you it gives you a taste of what you might not Broadway have. in Chicago. Oh my gosh! I mean, think about it. Frozen. I just want to throw that I was never a a huge connoisseur of the arts I was in the music industry you know music from that standpoint but nothing else and somebody took me to a play and I really liked and I would go to plays all the time but I needed to be exposed to it I needed to know something about. I didn't know what I didn't know I thought all plays were like uh, in languages I couldn't speak and they sang through it and I go no no that's not all the plays ah I did not know it. So, you know, you, you, you can be exposed to things. And this is a great opportunity this weekend at Navy Pier to be exposed to art that you might not even be aware of that you, you have a, a passion for. That is the intent. We are so thrilled to be able to provide everyone with access to the arts. And this is a great platform yeah. for that. 
And we've always intended for the pier to be a platform for what's truly best in Chicago. You talked about the dining opportunities, yeah. and this is this is it. This is um, such a great opportunity to see Fantastic. all these organizations. Chicago Live again. It's going on this weekend. Uh, something for everyone, literally, and free. Your favorite word, Judy. Free. Yeah. Well, free, so and they also they have food and alcohol. Hello, yeah. there might I'm be assuming the um, Ferris wheel is oh, still. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Uh, like a top. Come and on. we're also inviting guests to, though there are many dining opportunities throughout the pier, you're also welcome to bring a lawn chair and a little Look picnic if you'd like. Listen, Navy Pier is the place to be this weekend. Marilyn, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Really appreciate Look that. Look forward to seeing you. No, it's not that hard. Yeah, I, can, right? I, I, can, I can't miss the beer from where <laughs> I, I go. I trip over it on my way home, if you will. Hey, <laughs> we uh, continue to have a bit of a debate here, at least in the city of Chicago, about police officers in schools. Uh, the debate uh, came down to that schools got the ability to decide for themselves and if they chose not to have a police officer a uniformed chicago police uh, officer that they would receive i use the term a similar amount of money that they would have been paying a police officer to use for other safety programs, items right. programs mm-hmm. thank you very much how that would replace the police a physical police officer there right and listen i'm fine with the schools making that decision on their own It's still not clear to me the overall benefit of a police officer in the school. 24 hours hours a day. From first bell to last bell, having a cop, I'm assuming they roam the halls and walk around the lunch area or whatever. What is the benefit of that and what message does that send? Well, that, that was exactly the problem that the community groups had, you know... They, that's what they had a problem with saying that just fosters, um, you know, fear and, and anger from students when they see the cops sitting there for, you know, and there's nothing going on. So they, that was the environment they didn't want to create. Schools already look like prisons. Well, yeah. but I'm I, trying, know, I, I, I'm I trying to a school to re- that didn't have a fence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm trying to remember. I think they're probably this all started because. They didn't just put police in school. No. I mean, you know, we had officer friendly. That was the Absolutely. officer who was assigned probably to several schools and to make sure you were in school, right? He was a the guy. Tr- a truant yes. officer. He Isn't that what they were around. called? You yeah. were Is that even a thing anymore? Yes. Oh, okay. If you're walking around the streets. and But now I think it's everyone. You know what? Try getting down your street without one of the moms saying, why aren't you in school? <laughs> so we don't even need officer. <laughs> but, you know, then it, it, it escalated into officers. And I'm sure there were issues at the schools that prompted these officers to go so, to the schools back fights in the day and gangs and what what have you back in the day there were fights there were gangs there were ne'er-do-wells mm-hmm. at your school of course there were yeah but the teachers like broke up the fights it wasn't a cop thing do you know what i mean okay we haven't heard of a an instance in a while but there were quite a few stories in recent memory of teachers being attacked in their classrooms so it's so it's that Many much think, worse? Yes. No, I think it's better. I don't think that we hear about it. I mean, I think we've clamped down on violence in schools. We don't hear about it. 
However, the officers were still there, right? This is what this story is about as well. Some of these community groups saying it's not needed anymore. We need a more holistic approach. We let us handle. I don't even know what that means. What's a more holistic approach mean? Not criminal. Got it. And you know, we've talked about this in the suburban law. Many suburban schools, there are fights every day. Yeah, fights every day because then they call the police and the police come mm. if they need to. But mostly they break it up and they don't call the police. Now you've got a police officer at your high school and a fight breaks out. It's the default thing. Cop comes over. You said it earlier. It's a criminal activity. It becomes, now. It becomes yeah, criminal. Exactly. Because a police officer doesn't have because an option. a police officer's there. Exactly. But if they witness a crime being committed, it's not like they can go, I didn't see you hit that guy. No. Assault and battery. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it, it happened. Mm-hmm. When, you know, back in the day, I might have been involved with assault and battery we just called it a tussle on yeah. the uh, on the on the playground you know yeah, sent to the principal's office and uh, yeah. it was over yeah and it was over and so i still can't get over the fact and i don't know why i'm the only one that thinks it's bizarre that the chicago public school cps has to write a check to the chicago police department cpd for the cops don't you guys all work for the same city yeah but these are schools. These aren't the city schools. It's not, if it's a private school, well, okay, maybe I get they it. need special training. They're not trained to go and sit in a school. And I mean, yeah. they're not. They're. I guess it's like you could say riding around in a car and just you know keeping an eye on the neighborhood. They go to the school. There's not an issue. They they sit there every day and wait for the wait for there to, happen, to be an I guess. issue. Yeah. So so how's that any different from the cops that sit on Michigan Avenue? Yeah. Who's paying for them? Well, we're paying for everything. Period. <laughs> I mean, don't kid yourself. It's no matter how you want to put it down on paper. Yeah. And so this latest contract, which, by the way, is a little bit cheaper than the one last year. Eleven million dollars. CPS just signed with the Chicago police. Hey, Jay in Michigan. What is your point? Good morning, Bruce. Two things really quick. I think uh, with the police in the schools, it might be a good place for the kids and the cops to kind of get to know each other, Mm -hmm. get friendly with each other. And, you know, the kids now the police know the kids. They know the kids in the neighborhood, and you start building a relationship. That's kind of what we need. A, a true also, community policing, as they call it. Right. right. And not to be dark about it, but if we had a cop maybe in Columbine, maybe it wouldn't mm-hmm. go that way. Maybe it would. I don't really know. But yeah. I got all the answers for you. I got one more for you, Bruce, and I totally can answer you on the vaccination problem. Oh. Why people are anti-vax, and I'm not saying that I am, but when the government or anybody supports anything too strongly, like when they came out against Joe Rogan calling like a horse yeah. dog, or they say these other things. When you're too pro-vax anything with the government, people, what you said the other day about the government, we distrust the government distrust so much. Distrust it. Yeah, everybody distrusts so government. behind it that we're like, we're not going to do it because they are supporting it so much. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's pro. just to be a contrarian, though. Yeah, I, I get it. But, you know, if but, there's a difference between being a contrarian and thinking they're all a bunch of crooks and being a contrarian and ending up on... A ventilator, an ICA. Like, there's yeah. a difference. I would, I would, well, I would make that argument. what he argument, says is right? true, and then when they the government backs off and stops, uh, maybe then people will get vaccinated. Yeah. So the own. government should tell people not to get vaccinated. Ah. Do not take. I. We insist. We're going to make it criminal. <laughs> if think, we find uh, yeah. anybody handing out the vaccines, <laughs> they're going to prison. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you. Or try this. <laughs> We're not going to pay for the vaccine anymore. You See, have until this date to get it. Hey, good morning. Happy uh, happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And joining us right now, my goodness, he's a celebrity in the world of radio, by the way. Yeah, yes. It all aims so high. Adam Carolla is joining us. Ace, how are you today? 
Whoops. Oh, it, it just went away. It just hung up. Right when I went to it, it just went. Oh, he seems very shy. He is relatively <laughs> shy. What's what's with the ace? This is a nickname. Oh. Adam. Adam Corolla. Corolla. You're very ace, familiar. Ace. Uh, he worked for, well, we worked together. Oh. Yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I met Adam. Oh, God. I don't even want to admit how, how long ago it was. Please tell us so I can add it up. In the 90s? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was a part timer at the radio station. Oh, he, really? He would do character voices. Yeah. Was that his title? Character voice? Uh, that's what everybody knew. Manager? I believe. I, 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 I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we were paying him. Um, there he is. Oh, he we, must have been an intern. We got him back. Adam, you there? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Right. I don't know what happened. I don't know. It's damn technology these days. <laughs> I mean, what can you, you can't trust press anybody. Press the wrong button? I was, I was just telling uh, the group here, and I don't expect you to remember. Please don't get me wrong. But I was regaling them with uh, uh, tales of Adam Carolla of Younger. Uh, doing uh, characters on K-Rock in Los Angeles, like Mr. Bertram, one of my favorite characters that you ever did. And uh, I actually, I'm, I remember meeting you, because I worked at Power across the street, and I remember meeting you at one of their uh, acoustic Christmas events, and uh, um, it feels a little bit like a fanboy right now, Adam, but I was like, that guy's really funny. I mean, funny, funny. And then you and Jimmy Kimmel got together, and the rest is a little bit of history from that standpoint. You were at Power 106 Copy back that. in the day? Back in the day, yeah. I'm the king of wow. hip-hop. I know you can't tell by listening, but <laughs> it's kind of one of my yeah. things. And then, yeah. uh, and then later on, we had Adam as our, our morning guy in Phoenix on our radio station there. So uh, we, I've, I've, uh, I've been in your circle for a while, only from the standpoint I've certainly been a fan. And now you have an amazing, amazing podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's weird. You blink your eyes and, you know, it's been 25 years. It's crazy. I started off at K-Rock probably 94. I was was a carpenter back then, and I was actually uh, a boxing instructor. Ah. And the only reason I met Jimmy and got into K-Rock is because I volunteered to be his boxing coach so he could do this morning zoo type stunt where Jimmy Kimmel fought Michael the maintenance man yeah. in boxing. I didn't know and, that's where uh, that came from. Oh yeah, that that's how I got that's in. Amazing. And I I was working as a boxing coach, and uh, I, I taught Jimmy to box. I had like two weeks to work with him for like a morning zoo type stunt. Right. And after like two weeks, we were we we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he lost the fight and not because I was of like, it. no, but he, he didn't, <laughs> I didn't help. <laughs> well, we, sat around, we, drank, we drank snapples and talked about comedy the whole time. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't do a whole lot of training. And I was like, uh, I was like, please help me do something in, in comedy. And after two weeks, he, he's like, I don't have, you know, he didn't have any juice. Like, he didn't have any. No, he wasn't. The radio station right. either. He was low man on the totem pole there. Yeah, without a doubt. And we're talking to Adam Carolla. Adam, you're coming to Chicago this weekend. People could come and, and check you out. Uh, it's Friday night, 730 over at Park West. Adam Carolla is unprepared is the name of the show. 
Give me an example. What what are what are the Adam Carolla fans, or maybe people that aren't as familiar with you? What can they expect? Well, uh, we'll do we'll do stand up comedy for about uh, forty five minutes, and then the uh, next half hour we will do comedy. Meaning, I will do comedy based on before the show. We hand out ping pong balls to the audience. Okay, and they will write one word on that ping pong ball. The ping pong balls. Go in a hopper. I don't see them. Someone will come up from the audience at some point. We'll pull them out of the, bing, the bingo hopper. And whatever it says on that ball, I will craft a stand-up bit on that one word. Wow. And oh, my it gosh. Sounds, it sounds weird, but it works <laughs> most every time. <laughs> okay. Um, custard. I, I can do custard. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't have to. That's putting you on the spot. But you know what? That's such an interesting thing to do on stage. Is that because you don't want to do straight stand-up comedy? You want to mix it up more? I'm just wondering. Or is that like a new thing? Do you like that challenge? Yeah. And is that something that comedians do nowadays? I I don't know if other comedians do it. I I don't think they do. Um, I like doing the the straight stand-up, like there's definitely something to that, and I and I do it. It was actually Jimmy Kimmel's idea. He's like, "You're the only guy, Adam, who can do made-up stand-up bits," and I'm like, "Well, you know, all right, let's try it." <laughs> right. He's like, well, "All right, th- this is my idea," and you know, it wasn't, you know, it, it, the the hard part is one word. It, it, it sometimes sentences. And soliloquies are, are doable, but this is just one, one word, and it was Jimmy's idea. And I've been doing it for a couple years, and it and it and it's worked. I should I should say I was in San Diego last night doing it, and they they all worked. But all right. uh, well, and you can find out. Challenge. It is a challenge. It's a little bit of a tightrope you'll be walking uh, this Friday night, tomorrow night. Uh, Adam Cola, the Ace Man, will be here at Park West Chicago. Uh, have a great show. I, I know it will be a great show. I've se- I've seen you live multiple times, and and it is fantastic, entertaining, and I think people really will have a fun time. Well, thanks, and come on out, say hi, and we'll take a picture afterwards. Will do. I've I've got those pictures. And by the way, I am uh, the proud owner of a uh, DVD copy of uh, The Hammer. By the way, just so you know, I'm. Oh, thanks. I'm, he was I'm the one. Yes. I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Last night I met the one guy I saw it in the theater, and today I met the one guy who got the DVD. <laughs> there you go. It's a triumvirate, practically. All right. Hey, Adam, have a wonderful day and uh, a safe trip out to Chicago. Thanks for having me. You got it. He's Adam Carolla. Again, Park West show uh, this weekend. He has such a varied, interesting background as well. Yeah. Come on, the man show. He's a car guy. Yeah. And he's a car nut. Yeah. He is a car nut. He, him and like Jay Leno in, oh, in L.A. Man. are the car nuts. Did was, he was a construction worker. I yeah. still have that in my head. Yeah. Did a documentary about Paul Newman, yep. but as it pertains to racing. Racing, yeah. called Winning. Yeah. yeah, he did that. That was uh, him as a little homage to his car background. Yeah, Adam and I have had a lot of talk about Whatever it. happened to his partner, Jimmy Kimmel? Nothing. Never turned into anything. Nothing. Didn't work out <laughs> for him. Happened. Oh, well. You know, hey, not Someone, everybody can be a star. You win, you lose. Yeah, it's, uh, it's L.A. <laughs> Probably waiting tables or something. Uh, it is the first day of fall. Maybe you didn't need me to tell you that. Maybe you just opened the front door today. You know, maybe you stepped out of the car and went, there is a chill in the air.
September 23rd, this is the uh, the first day of autumn or fall, which is kind of the same thing. Or is it? It is exactly the same thing. Got it. Just a different different right? word fall, for it. Yeah. So, I don't know about you, but I was today years old when I learned that fall foliage, the tree, the, the leaves turning, right? I thought that was about the weather getting cold. Yeah. You too? Yeah. Well, it is. No. The leaves change color because of the amount of daylight as the days get shorter. That's why the leaves mm, change right, color. Son. It's a photosynthesis thing. Wow. Today years old when I learned that. Could have <laughs> sworn it was a year cold. They shovel up, they fall off the tree. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. And yesterday was the first day of fall. You confused me with the 23rd. I'm like, well, I used to think it was the 21st. Now it's the 22nd. And then I was almost going to have a panic attack when you said the 23rd. It was halfway through the yeah, day. Yeah, this yesterday. is the first, full, first full day. day. Yes. Yeah. And and what's funny about it? It, it feels like fall, right? It's the first yeah, day. It it's amazing. Feels like fall. It's like Mother Nature got the memo. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it was like, oh. You know how it was 86 degrees the other day? Boom. Take 50. But I swear, we Chicagoans don't even blink. It's, it's 80, and now right it's 50, now. and we're like, yeah, well, because it's fall. We like, don't, we yeah. don't, we don't. We Wait, don't I didn't we even don't. change the calendar. This went to another yeah, yeah, day. We take little baby steps here in Chicago. Boom. Yeah. Summer, fall, winter. Get ready, Bruce. It's going to slap ready. you in the face as you're walking here one day. Well, I don't know how much, yeah. It, it, again, it's just going to change. It's yeah, going to go gonna from change. 50 to, to you're going to notice, yeah. exactly. Oh, God. You know? It's not going to go 50, 40, 30. No, 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 no. That's not how we do things here. Apparently not. Um, so it is, as we as we make some things, we do know that part of it is, and maybe one of the good things is, there are a lot of traditions that come along with fall um, that are going to that are gonna be back. Some semblance of hashtag old normal. Well, last year... People were very hesitant to do some of these things. Oktoberfest, you know, some of the, some of the, yeah, right. Uh, Some of the the things around the holidays, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas. We know they're talking about bringing the, uh, the ice rink back. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it was closed last year. Yeah, we wasn't there. It just flat didn't happen. The lighting of the Christmas tree. It didn't happen either. We were all afraid to put people together. Well, I guess we're we're, going to move forward on that. Once we died that river, I'm back. You know, that was, you know, and that was kind of, remember, it was a secret. Yeah, it was secret. So over that, St. Patrick's Day. So there were big crowds gathered right, to watch. Right, that they just kind of secretly did it. And that was kind of, that felt like some, okay, let's get back to it. And I think we need to get back to a lot of those traditions. And they and they also, they bring the community together. They bring people together Absolutely. to be able to rally around those. Still, might be uh, a day that you, maybe it's the cold itself. Maybe it's the fact that the sun ain't shining anymore. Well, you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do that for you right now. Well, some good news on the fire front in California. Expert firefighting, uh, contingency planning, and gallons upon gallons of water mean the stands of giant sequoia trees in the Sierra Nevada mountains appear to be safe for future generations. The windy fire started by a lightning strike burned 25,000 acres before it converged on the National Park. Their firefighters wrapped many of the famous trees, 
such as General Sherman. That's mm. the largest tree on earth by volume in fire-resistant foil. Now, structures in the giant forest, like the museum, have sprinklers, which firefighters are running pretty much nonstop to make sure everything stays wet. The giant trees actually withstand fires pretty well. Many of those whose count of years stretch into the thousands. Yeah. Would have endured many fires. Their bark, like a giant spongy blanket, can be 32 inches thick. That's like my waist. And protects them from the flames. The trees actually need levels of heat, which only a fire can generate, to release the seeds stored in their cones. Did you know that? Uh, Yeah. In practice, then, sequoias are literally born in flames. But with year after year of California drought conditions mixed with weather events like fires becoming more severe with climate change, it pays to be safe. Yeah. And for now, they are safe. They are magnificent. Sequoias. I, if, you, if you get a chance to see the sequoias and the and the giant redwoods, it is that is on my bucket list. It yeah. is like words. Like you right. talk about the largest, but it just doesn't register until you're standing at the base of one of these trees. You're like, that is the biggest <laughs> thing <laughs> I've wait. ever seen. The largest living organism until on you the planet, drive through a tree. You can drive through yeah. the tree. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's right. Yeah. Drive through the tree. Yeah. Just saying. So when you said the redwoods, the sequoias are bigger than the redwoods, right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I want to go to the biggest one. Yeah. As General always. Sh- and General Sherman is 2,400 years old, wow. I believe. Come on. <laughs> Doesn't look a day over 2,000. He looks great. He looks right? great for his age. Hey, uh, <laughs> thank you for restoring our faith in humanity. Also, thanks a lot to MG and the posse over there uh, pressing all the buttons. They make things happen. We appreciate it. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese, he's working the ones and twos all thank morning you, long. sir. And uh, Rob Martier, in for Nick Gale, will continue to deliver on the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, everything you need to get through your Thursday a little bit easier. Guess what? Rob's putting it together for you, and it's coming up next right here on 890 WLS.